The Koi Gig Pod. I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 weeks gone. That's, it's mad to think of really, it seems kind of archaic. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now, Munster fly half Ben Healy is among four on-cap players that have been named in Scotland's Six Nations squad today. Also among them, the former England wing, Rory McConaughey. McConaughey appeared at the last World Cup for England, but earned the second of two England caps now three years ago. Very similar situation uh, to John Cooney, potentially later this year, uh, who could make the switch from Ireland to Scotland as well. So he is eligible to switch nationalities. Uh, Healy, as well as the Leicester lock Cameron Henderson, and Glasgow centre Stafford McDowell could all make their test debuts in the coming weeks. Healy was set to join Edinburgh from Munster at the end of this season, previously represented Ireland and won a Grand Slam at under-20 level. However, he qualifies for Scotland through his grandparents and has been called up in the absence of the injured Adam Hastings. To have a look at the squad and uh, Ben Healy's international prospects with Scotland, Tom English of the BBC is with us. Tom, good evening to you. Good evening, how are you? I, look, I guess it was a predictable one that's this acceleration into the squad was going to happen after Adam Hastings got injured. But a very unusual situation for us here in Ireland to see a player who's contracted at a province uh, called up by another country. Yeah, it doesn't happen all that often, does it? Um, I, yeah, it, listen, it was on the cards very much so. Um, Scotland have been chasing uh, Healy for quite some time. And obviously Edinburgh landed him there recently. And once, once Hastings uh, got injured and he's out for the entirety of the Six Nations, uh, Healy, uh, Healy looked like a looked like a shoe in. Ross Thompson, the young Glasgow ten, he's also injured. He was in the he was in the squad um, in the autumn. So really, a couple of injuries and Healy is in. Our understanding is this goes back over two years ago that Gregor Townsend has been interested in Ben Healy and Glasgow's attempted recruitment of him late in 2019 before he signed a contract extension at Munster. And even just listening to the press conference earlier, Gregor Townsend, it sounds like Ben Healy's a player that he has been watching quite closely for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, we spoke to him today at the press conference and he kept saying, you know, he's different types of 10 now. So the Healy is very different to Russell and he's very different to Kinghorn and he's very different to Hastings. He really likes uh, Healy's kind of mental strength. Um, he spoke about that. Uh, his game awareness is mature, more mature than he had any right to be at that age. So I think he really likes him for sure. Uh, and you're right. Yeah, they've been chasing him for, for quite some time. I think it's, I think it's good business for for Edinburgh, for Scotland, and and for Healy because he will get a run of games at Edinburgh. I mean, there are a couple there, a couple of tens there, um, but I think he will get, he will certainly get more game times than he's been getting with Munster. Yeah, it's in the reaction from Edinburgh fans. They were delighted to get a young out half, even in the case of Healy, where he'd slipped behind Crowley as the number two uh, behind Joey Carberry. Still, Healy has shown that he's got plenty of potential. Now Edinburgh have got a player they can mould from next season. Yeah, and like they've, you know, they've, you know, they have Kinghorn who's been playing ten. That's at Gregor Townsend's kind of insistence, the Blair switch project, as as they call it over here, uh, from a from a fullback to a ten. Whether Edinburgh and Scotland continue with that, that's up for grabs. I hope they don't. I don't think Kinghorn is a ten. I think it's been very fair, unfair on him. I think he's a very good 
15 and he's a good wing. He's a better 15 in a wing than he is a 10, in my opinion. Uh, if if they revert to Kinghorn at 15, uh, that's good news for Healy. Uh, that means he's got Charlie Savala, um, uh, a, a 22-year-old, um, in his way at 10, not Kinghorn and Savala. Van de Vault is, is also there, but I think the word is that he will be leaving the club in the summer. So, oh, I, I, I mean, it's pointless Edinburgh signing Healy if they're not going to give him proper game time, and I think they will. We were suggesting a little bit earlier, if you look at this Scotland squad, which has got the four uncut players, is there a certain amount of experimentation from Gregor Townsend within the Six Nations itself with the World Cup in mind? Or what's the temperature in Scotland about the Six Nations itself? I always, always cautious optimism. I know, I know everyone in Ireland loves, loves to portray Scotland as, uh, as arrogance and bigging themselves up. They don't. Like, they, they, they don't. It, it's, Ireland have this fix, fixation with Scotland uh, talking themselves up. They, they absolutely don't. Um, it's like some of the, say McConaughey, for example, who dropped out of the sky, like no one saw that coming. 31-year-old winger, a couple of caps for England, uh, very Scottish name, obviously, but he, was, he wasn't he was mapped. He wasn't rumoured. Total surprise when we fetched up at Murrayfield today and his name was on the list. He's there because um, Darcy Graham is injured, Damien Hoyland is injured. They're, they're kind of light. On wings, uh, I'd be I'd be staggered if McConaughey gets any gets any uh, matches in the Six Nations. Um, I'd be really surprised. From reading Gregor Townsend's comments from earlier, and you were covering the press conference, he seems to have made a like a very personal effort to make sure that the McConaughey transfer happened. He went down to meet him in Bath and to yeah. assess whether he was interested in playing for Scotland. Yeah, um, and I think we'll see. Well, we've seen a lot of this from Scotland already. Um, he says, like you know, not that not, not that it's the case with McConaughey, but uh, with other players, with uh, you know, um, well, it actually is the case with McConaughey because he's obviously played for England. He said that when the rule was changed, that particular rule was changed, a number of players contacted him, as in Townsend, to say, "Oh, by the way, I'm available." Uh, McConaughey, I think, was one of those, or McConaughey's people were one of those. Uh, like he's a big lump, you know, he's a big six foot two. Um, uh, I haven't kept a close eye on his form this season, but Townsend says the last couple of games has been very, very good. It's a bit, it's not a lot to go on, but he's not blessed with with top class wings. Darcy Graham is a cruel blow for Scotland because he was absolutely flying in the autumn, sensational form. So um, they'll miss him for most of the Six Nations. Uh, they're hoping to get him back towards the end, maybe the Ireland game. But he needs reinforcements. Um, and he's a couple more injuries on the wing. And McConaughey gets in. You know, we'll see how he goes. But I think there's others There's others well ahead of him. Maitland, Sean Maitland has come back in again from the from, from the from the blue. Um, but he's in very good form for Saracens. So he's got a real chance of playing. Yeah, look, McConaughey's first cap could come at Twickenham. I mean, what a story that would be potentially... Uh, ben Healy could play, depending on uh, what happens with the rest of the number 10s by the time that comes around to the Ireland game. 
looking through this as well, um, Tom, when it comes to the um, squad that's been picked by Scotland, and as you said, there's some injured players that are there. I mean, obviously, they've been boosted by some of the players who have been involved, but not having Darcy, not having uh, Scott Cummings uh, because of injury this time around as well. Yeah. Uh, these are big players who are missing. They have to see what happens with Hamish Watson. I don't think he's 100% fit. Maybe he mightn't be ready for the first game. Um, but it's going to be an opportunity to have a look at some of these players in what's a pretty difficult start to have England and Wales at the start of this competition. Yeah, and like, you know, England with a new coach, Wales with a new coach, well, newish, mm. called Warren Gatlin. A, a returning new, yeah. The returning, returning prodigal. Um, brutal start, really, um, for Scotland. I don't think he's experimenting. Um, I think he's he's gone, you know, fully loaded as much as he can. There was a huge sigh of relief today when he said that Xander Fagerson was fit, fit to play. He's been out injured. Tight head prop. Scotland really don't have anyone in in in, in remotely in Ferguson's class, so that was a that was a big relief. Uh, like the, the the squad, it's it's you know it's it's a decent squad. It's certainly got holes in it. It's got holes certainly at tight head. There's no backup to Ferguson, and how fit is Ferguson going to be? You know, are they putting him in there just because they're hoping for the best, or is he actually fit to play Watson? Uh, he says he's in training and he's ready to go. He says everyone on that team, that that list of players, is all of them are available to play against uh, against England. Um, yeah, I hope he's I hope he's right, and he's just not he's not wishful thinking. Yeah, we've been speculating for quite some time over here, Tom, about what's going to happen with John Cooney. And John Cooney's been asked repeatedly about potentially playing for Scotland, and he's open to the idea. Is there much talk in Scotland about him potentially coming in later this year? Yeah, there, there is. There's bits. There's bits and pieces. Um, I would say largely negative mm. about it. You know, respectful of of what a good player he is. Um, but it's a it'd be a tough one for them to swallow. I mean, McConaughey is a tough enough one for them to swallow. People are going, what you know, what's going on here? You know, he made his choice. He picked England. Mm. You know, you made your bed, you lie in it. But Townsend doesn't see it that way. Um, there was no mention of Cooney at all today. Um, <clears throat> so if it happens, uh, I'd be a touch surprised. Um, I think there'll be a, a very, very negative response to it. The Scotland have four or five scrum halves, some of them young. Um, Jamie Dobie at Glasgow. Uh, there's a couple of others, um, young, even young, around that age. And I think if if Cooney was to be parachuted in, even though he's a good player at his age, that would be a terrible look for Scottish rugby, and it would go down very badly. Especially since kind of like the media stuff that Cooney has done, it's like ah, you know, make it up my mind. I'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not exactly sending a message out there to Scottish rugby that he's mad keen to play for Scotland. You know, it's almost like hanging in there. Jeez, I'll see if Andy Farrell picks me, and if not, sure, I'll go off to Scotland, and that'll do me. Uh, it's not going down well. It's very different to Ben Healy, where Ben Healy is committed to signing to Edinburgh and where Ben Healy yeah. is already qualified and hadn't played for the Irish senior team. They, they feel like two very different cases here. Totally, totally. Healy's a completely different case. And he has committed his future to Edinburgh. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't get much more committed than that. He's, he's Everyone recognises that he's been... Not unlucky with Munster, but he's just, you know, it, it hasn't, you got two guys ahead of him, you know, Carby and Crowley. He needs to get out there into the world and play rugby. And 
there's a great opportunity for him in 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 Edinburgh. Great opportunity. So I think Edinburgh fans are delighted to get him. They've seen bits and pieces of him in the in the URC, and they and they like what they see. And like Edinburgh, the very experienced squad, Edinburgh, but they're still they're still missing <clears throat> that kind of hard edge. You know that kind of that thing when 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 Healy comes off off the bench, he scores the try against Ulster, wins the game. That kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Kinghorn isn't that type of player. Kinghorn Kinghorn is a square peg in a round hole at ten. So I think I think that I think Edinburgh people would love to see Kinghorn come <coughs> back to to fifteen uh, or even wing and and bring Healy in at ten and give him a proper run. See what he's made of. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Yeah, what is the conversation as well, Tom, when it comes to some of the players that are being naturalised into Scotland? Because you said about maybe there was a negative feeling about the idea of Cooney uh, switching country. There have been some South Africans who have naturalised to play for Scotland in recent seasons. And there was a piece in the Times at the weekend about the amount of players that Scotland have that have been born outside of Scotland. Uh, What is the debate nationally about that at the moment now? Yeah, listen, it comes up periodically. Um, There is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of players coming in with you know, Scottish granny or grandfather, some natural, some uh, the, the the three year residency rule. Oh, there's a there's a lot of that going on in Scotland. Um, some of it sticks sticks in the craw, um, but you also have to look at the big picture. And Scotland have won absolutely nothing uh, since 1999 as a country. They've won as a, as a rugby country. They've won one trophy, and that was when Glasgow. <clears throat> won the Pro 12 in Belfast against Munster. So, like, des- de- desperate times call for desperate actions. And if these guys are available to Scotland, then Gregor Townsend is going to pick them because he's desperate to drag Scotland forward. And, like, the rationale would be, okay, if you've got a Duhan van der Merwe and you've got a Pierre Schumann and you've got whoever else in the team, they're not Sioni uh, Tua Pelotu, Scottish granny. Bring all these guys in. Yeah, okay. It's not exactly a team drawn from Selkirk and Hoyk um, and Jedburgh. But if they win something, they can inspire a next generation of rugby players who are from the borders, who are from Edinburgh, Aberdeen, up and down the country. That's the long game. But it's, it's, a, it's a constant source of amazement to me that Scotland have won... Not that Scotland have won nothing for 22 years as a country, but the fact that Murrayfield is nearly full most of the time. Mm. Um, in fact, it is full most of the time. Um, I'm wondering in Ireland, if Ireland hadn't won anything as a country in 22 years, what would the Aviva look like? You know, it's it's the fans keep coming out in desperate, desperate hope that something happens. And if Duane van der Merwe... And Pierre Schumann and whoever else is, is wearing the the blue jersey when they lift the Six Nations trophy, if they ever lift it, lift it, they won't give a damn about that. No, and I, look, I'd argue there's been plenty of false stones, but in those false stones has always been hope. I remember sitting in Rome a few years ago when Ireland had won, and no one was expecting Scotland to play well at Twickenham against England. And next thing, Scotland are playing this champagne rugby, or the Scotland team that beat England a couple of years ago playing really well and having to hang on at the end. But that notwithstanding, there are times when you think that Scotland are ready to kick to the next level. Yeah, yeah, it's the hope that kills you. Um, 
putting on my Scottish cap here. Uh, <laughs> look, they have a good set of players. Um, they've had a good set of players for the last four or five years. They're just not good enough. Um, Ireland are better. Wales have been better. England have been better. France are now better. They've, Scotland have beaten most of those countries in the in the Gregor Townsend era, but they haven't been able to put it to do it consistently. And they've lost a lot of games by small margins in the Six Nations. Over the, this is Townsend's sixth Six Nations. They've lost a lot of Six Nations games by small margins um, by a daft penalty given away at the wrong time, a butchered try opportunity, a bit of mental weakness, you know, defensive weakness. Uh, and the game is gone, you know, and it's that must do Townsend's head in, absolutely do his head in, because just when he thinks they're getting close, like say last season, they beat England in week one, they go to Wales, who are horrifically bad, mm. um, and have a lot of injuries, and Scotland play awfully and lose um, Finn Russell gets a yellow card and it's a nightmarish experience and it sets them back in their heels so it's you, you wish you wish because it's painful actually to watch it to how much these players want it and how painful it is when it goes south yet again yeah I remember how frustrated the figure Gregor Townsend was when he came into the press room at the Aviva a couple of years ago when effectively one of the best players you're expecting in Hog, a guy with so much experience he's played for the Lions he catches that ball Scotland potentially get a win against Ireland and maybe that whole Six Nations campaign looks different well yeah yeah, it does you know that's right I mean they have they have wasted a lot of opportunities against try scoring opportunities against Ireland Hogg is the classic one there were others there was others in that game there were others in other games uh, there's a kind of I don't know there's a, they shoot themselves in the foot in so many different ways going to going to Dublin last year the week before, five, six of the players, including Hogg, uh, went out on an unauthorised night out in Edinburgh. And it caused chaos in the squad, uh, Finn Russell being one of them, uh, caused chaos that week leading up to Ireland. The story broke the day before the Ireland game. And again, like, you know, it's it's this off-field stuff, Townsend and Finn Russell. Thankfully, they're back in the straight and narrow now. But it's they're never far from... It's like, like the f- French... French rugby team of old, you know. <laughs> chaos chaos is never far away. Is that a reasonably tempestuous relationship that's there between Townsend and Finn Russell? Because I would have thought on the face of it, uh, when Gregor Townsend took over, the Finn Russell would almost be the ideal out half. He would be the guy who would bring that little bit of X factor, who would do something slightly different. Yeah. A bit like Gregor Townsend, who was a, a wonderful flair player in his own time. But still, so many times he's had to stand in front of the media and defend Finn Russell for various things that have happened, particularly the ones off the field, as you say. Yeah, I mean, Gregor Townsend, the player, and Gregor Townsend, the coach, are very different. Um, and Finn Russell is, he's a bit of a genius. He's a flawed genius, for sure. Um, but he can do things that no other rugby player can do, and he and he does things that no other great rugby player would ever do. You know, so, so there's the, twi- the twin side. Johnny Sexton would never do some of the things, ever, that Finn Russell does, good and bad, you know? Um, I think... Like the way Finn Russell sees it or saw it, hopefully it's in the past, that that Townsend is too restrictive in his coaching and he's too restrictive in terms of the the uh, squad ethos. Um, uh, He doesn't like it. He's been over in Paris for a number of years now. He gets carte blanche to do whatever he wants. As long as he turns up and he plays well, trains well, he can go and have a few pints. He can do, they they don't keep an eye on his social life. 
They don't care as long as he plays. Whereas in you're in the hothouse of a Scotland Six Nations camp, Townsend is all over it. And Russell hasn't had the same freedom. So that has been the clash off the field. There's been a clash on the field as well when Finn's view of the game has been different to Gregor's view of the game. I think they're destined to always have that kind of Friction. That kind of relationship, but they seem to be in a they seem to be in a decent place at the moment. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, you'd like to have Finn Russell to have as much creative control as he needs on the field, but not to be bringing some of his teammates downtown in Edinburgh in the middle of a camp before the Six Nations. There is definitely a happy medium yeah. where it's not both at the same time. Um, just on a final one, Tom, when it comes to Townsend's own position, as you say, there's been the winds of change, and maybe we didn't expect that Wayne Pivac would be getting replaced uh, by a returning Welsh coach in Warren Gatland. Uh, many of us thought that England were going to stick uh, potentially with Eddie Jones and now here's Eddie Jones as the coach of Australia going into a World Cup and uh, Steve Borthwick in charge of England coming into the Six Nations. Uh, where is Gregor Townsend? Is Gregor Townsend 100% safe going into this World Cup no matter what happens over the next two months? Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, he is. Um, I don't, even if they bomb out in the Six Nations, I, I, I'd be surprised, surprised if he was replaced. I don't think they will bomb out in the Six Nations. I think they'll do okay. Um, so I think he'll be there until the World Cup. Uh, he's kind of like the situation is he's, his contract is up at the end of the World Cup. Mm. Uh, we were asking Townsend about it today. He's obviously been linked uh, with Leicester. He says there's, there's no truth in that at all. He says he don't know where that's come from. Um, he says he was contacted by by the French Rugby Union to see if, it, if he would be interested um, in a coaching position there. He says nothing has come of that. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't know whether he wants to stay, and it, but he doesn't know whether the SRU wants him to stay. So there's a bit of a standoff there. Um, the SRU will say, well, they are have been saying privately that, well, we're looking at all the candidates and, you know, uh, see what's out there. And if Gregor is the best man for the job, then we'll offer him a new contract. But we're going through that process. So that's we're kind of in a holding pattern at the moment. It's not ideal, but we asked again, we asked Townsend today, would, could this affect the players? And he says, no, you know, these guys are playing for Six Nations. They're playing for places in the World Cup. What's my contractual situation got to do with that? It's, it should be irrelevant for any player worth their salt. That's not an excuse that they can use. Yeah, like he has a lot uh, different leverage if the Six Nations goes well and if they run into the World Cup goes well. So it's a, it's a risk on both sides well, when it comes to this. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if the Six Nations goes well, then then he can write his own he can write his own number on a piece of paper and hand it over. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, thanks a million for bringing us up to speed. Our rugby coverage here on Off the Ball with thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Rugby on Off The Ball With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us